Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And welcome to another Hangouts and Headlines here on Friday morning, June 3rd, 7 a.m. on the East Coast for everyone in the United States. I know a number of West Coast friends have said, that's way too early, Rick. Uh, but I do like this morning kind of slot for uh, talking with you all and hopefully uh, starting at least some of your days outright. I know we have a lot of folks in Europe as well. I always love seeing wherever you all are from when you uh, jump into the Hangouts and Headlines space with us. Um, so let's get uh, let's get set up. Let's talk about uh, where we're all from. Uh, get ready to hang out because we have a lot of headlines to cover today. Um, well, we have a couple of headlines to cover today, but we have to cover them in depth, because today we have some stuff that really talks about uh, the phenomenon of covering the Depp v. Heard trial uh, and not just the trial itself. For those of you that clicked on the thumbnail, thank you, uh, or for we're otherwise waiting on this, you can tell that we've got a story here today that talks again about content creators. Now, interestingly enough, that story that talks about content creators is from the Washington Post, which if you have been following the trial at all, you know, features pretty heavily uh, in what we're all talking about. Uh, so we'll be looking at that article. It's from an author by the name of Taylor Lorenz, which a number of people uh, flagged for me as a specific author that's been in the news a little bit herself of late. We're not going to go into that too much because we think the substance of the article speaks for itself. Uh, but we'll also talk about uh, potentially some issues that the uh, sourcing or the quotation of the comment had in the article, especially with our friend Alita at Legal Bites, who may or may not show up in this episode at some point in the future. Uh, so with that all said, how's everybody doing? This is my favorite part here at the top. We got Pittsburgh. Good morning. Canada. Iceland. thought we already said Canada. No, I'm joking. Iceland. Fantastic. Hello, Iceland. Melbourne, Australia. That's fantastic. I still love Bluey. Uh, good morning, Hogue. In the thumb area. That's right. Michigan. Go Michigan, go blue. Watching from Copenhagen, Denmark, the Philippines, Atlanta, Norway, the Netherlands, just a lot of fun places. And I always love this part. So thank you so much for sharing with me where you are uh, watching from or, or maybe listening from. Uh, Ohio, go Buckeyes. Sure, we have to point them out as well. Uh, good afternoon from Finland. Faroe Islands, Italy, Rome. All right, folks. Well, uh, as I said, we have a lot of headlines to do today. I'll get this super chat uh, right now, but we're probably going to do the headlines first, or at least the first headline, uh, and then come back and swing around uh, for um, super chats and hangouts and that kind of thing. I want to make sure we do get to everything uh, that we need to get to. Um, so, uh, well, we have a few more super chats coming in. Let's just take those right now. CG, thank you for the super chat. Good morning to you as well. Good morning. Gridfin, in my opinion, it is okay for opinion columns to present dissent. 100%. I'm in agreement with you. Opinion columns can present whatever they like, but we can analyze those opinion columns and decide whether the opinion is worth having, whether it was properly argued. We can do all of those things and discuss how that contours how various outlets or, or journalists individually are talking about a story in real time. Opinions are often dissenting exactly because of being irrational. It is bad only when the bias affects the actual news article's thoughts. Uh, I have no problem with the rational opinions being out there, but I will call them out. Uh, that's kind of the purpose of headlines to some extent. For the most part, 
I hope that journalistic outlets are treating news articles a little bit more like just the facts. But I'm we've covered news articles here in this space before where I think that that hasn't been the case, and I'll continue to do so. But overall, I think opinions can be had by anyone. Opinions can be put in these publications under mastheads by anyone. All of that is fine. I'm never going to disagree with anybody's right to have that opinion or even to publish it in a place like the Washington Post. But that doesn't mean we can't go in and say, well, look at this bit of argument. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Look at this. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Or this is well argued. We have a couple of articles there in headlines already where I talk about how I think this is a good argument well presented. Um, and uh, we might, in fact, have an author of one of those articles coming and joining us next week. I'm a little loath to actually announce these things too far in advance after uh, Martha Gill had a uh, scheduling conflict earlier. Uh, but I think we should have some of those authors in here uh, in the next little while. Uh, and a number of folks are contacting me to come into this space. And hopefully we can have even more conversations with the people that are, the, are presenting these perspectives out into the world. KDP, good evening from Seoul, South Korea. Well, good evening. Uh, South Korea, very cool. Very cool. And just a few more of these. April in Amsterdam. Hi from Holland. Three tulip emojis. What else? Hi, Holland. Uh, Alice Rose, greetings from Eorzea. Watching Drunk Peasants podcast last night and your tweets. Made an appearance responding to Cat Tenbarge. Well, we'll be talking about Cat today uh, as well. I don't know what Drunk Peasants is, though. Um, and I think I only tweeted once about Cat, but thank you so much for flagging it for me. All right. Let's get into this. We'll actually have a little bit more of a clunky uh, sharing process here because of the way I have to share Washington Post articles. So it'll take me a few more button clicks. It'll take another minute. I hope you don't all mind. Samantha Eason, if appeals win, would she need to do new testimonies from the video drops from her friends, etc.? Love your shoes. 9 p.m. in Australia. Hate MSM. Thank you. Would she need to do new testimonies from the video drops from her friends? Um, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Uh, appeals would probably, well, it would result in a retrial, in, in all honesty, if they win on appeals. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I really don't think they have a great chance of winning on appeals. Uh, I was planning on talking about Elaine Bedehoff's um, media tour from yesterday uh, on this video today. This came up. I thought it was more pressing. I probably will still talk about Elaine uh, in another video uh, but we will see what, if anything, that appeals process holds. Um, so we'll see. So let's take a look at a tweet. So this is a tweet from a journalist at the Washington Post uh, by the name of Taylor Lorenz. Uh, she says, I wrote about how the Depp Heard trial offered a glimpse into our future media ecosystem where content creators serve as the personalities breaking news to an increasing number of viewers and in turn define the online narrative around major events. So we can see overall what the premise of this article is from the tweet. Although yesterday we did point out in this very space that a number of tweets are used as kind of faux headlines that don't really match the substance of the article. I can tell you that this particular tweet does match the substance of the article in this instance. Uh, so we can use that as our jumping off point to discuss things. Before we do, as I mentioned before, I do want to point out that this is the publication, the Washington Post, that published the Amber Heard op-ed in 2018 that has now been found defamatory by a Virginia court. Interestingly enough, the Washington Post does not appear to be willing to take down that article. Instead, 
They posted an editor's note that I'm getting through the New York Post. I did confirm this myself, but it just wasn't displaying properly in this space that says editor's note. Oh, that's not that's not right at all. Uh, editor's note, June 2nd, 2022. In 2019, Johnny Depp sued Amber Heard for defamation arising out of this 2018 op-ed. I think we all know that. On June 1st, 2022, following a trial in Fairfax County, Virginia, Circuit Court, a jury found Heard liable on three counts for the following statements, which Depp claimed were false and defamatory. And we know the statements. It's the headline, it's the two years ago, and it's the vantage point statement. The jury separately found that Depp, through his lawyer Adam Waldman, defamed Heard in one of three counts in her countersuit. That's the note that is now on top of the Washington Post article. And the Washington Post has good lawyers, and so they know what they're doing. However, I can't help but look at this and say, if this online publication is intended to stay up, this note doesn't really take the defamatory sting out of the defamation that Johnny Depp experiences, at least according to seven Virginians in a jury deliberation room, by this article being read by other folks. So at some point, the question becomes, when does this in and of itself constitute republication? Online is weird. The internet is weird. The law doesn't necessarily keep up with advancements in technology. Uh, but you do have a journalistic outlet here in the Washington Post that is, at bare minimum, putting its stake in the ground. We are not going to take this article down. If you read this note very carefully, you get, well, Johnny Depp claimed these were false and defamatory. The Washington Post, this journalistic outlet, this beacon of democracy dies in darkness, isn't actually taking the jury's verdict as seriously as one might hope they would in this kind of context. They're effectively going to force Johnny Depp to go get an injunction to take this down, so should he so choose, uh, because they're not otherwise going to do it for him, and they're going to imply that it was Depp that claimed they were false and defamatory, and that there wasn't actually a jury verdict that found liability here. Because yes, they found her liable for the defamatory statements, and I think the Washington Post is probably hanging its hat on the fact that that doesn't mean that Washington Post knew it was false when Amber Heard made those statements, but... Washington Post now knows that a jury has found them to be false and is nevertheless continuing to publish it online in a kind of continuous defamation. Now, I don't know the precedent in Virginia on online defamation and what kind of continuity you can have there, but I would imagine that if this stays up in this format, there would be potentially a case to at least get an injunction through the Amber Heard trial, but also to potentially drag the Washington Post in and say, what are you doing? Because if you're continuing to publish this particular article, just flagging that you know a jury found it to be false doesn't change the falsity of what you are publishing out to the world through your publication. So I wanted to flag this for you just to give you the flavor of what the Washington Post is actually doing, because we've got potentially two headlines here to talk about in this space and Hangouts and Headlines. And it goes in the direction you would expect from a publication that is saying these things. Things. So that's the Washington Post. Now we can look at what Taylor Lorenz has said, and we can look at exactly why some people are taking offense to that very article. Let's just make sure I can pull it up properly. So who won the Depp Heard trial? Content creators that went all in. Now that's not wrong. As a matter of fact, we've talked on stream with Legal Bites, where we were doing coverage of the trial. Uh, and uh, we said, hey, look, you know, obviously our channels have grown. 
uh, there have been a lot of interest uh, in our coverage of these particular issues. Um, but this article kind of goes in a different direction. This article talks about why that might be a problem, uh, right? And, and Taylor Lorenz actually says something differently. We will highlight her tweet to me um, talking about what the purpose of this article is in, in just a bit after we look through it ourselves. Uh, but what I see here, just as kind of a prelude, a spoiler alert, if you will, is an article that is designed around protectionist qualities, designed around saying, well, the Washington Post has standards. The Washington Post is a legacy media outlet. The Washington Post is a better place to get your information. And yet people are getting their information from elsewhere and kind of lightly trying to dive in to why that might be. Influencers discovered there's money and clout to be made in covering breaking news. Now, Taylor Lorenz, as I understand it, is effectively the Washington Post's internet person. Uh, she's supposed to have the best handle on things. She is online. She does, quote unquote, internet culture here up at the top. And so money and clout isn't really a terribly unusual way of stating things in the internet space, clout being effectively followers and subscribers and reputation uh, and things along those lines. But in the context of writing it in a major publication, it takes on a more negative tone, in, in my opinion. Right. So when we look at this, I think we should probably hold Taylor Lorenz to a little bit of a higher standard for people that aren't going to be Internet culture aficionados, because this looks very much already in just the subheadline. And hey, since we watched the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial, maybe she didn't even write these. Uh, but maybe then the Washington Post has to be held to that standard that when we talk about this, this implies certain amounts of negativity before you even get into the article. Here we have a story, a picture of Johnny Depp. And now we continue. When the verdict came down in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial Wednesday afternoon, thousands of online influencers scrambled to respond. Twitch streamers reacted to the news in real time. YouTubers posted analysis videos. Instagram meme accounts joked and celebrated Depp's win. TikTokers broke down the most meaningful moments from the decision. And the videos and memes were just the latest in a tidal wave of content about the trial that dominated the internet for much of the past two months. So like many of the other articles that we've read about in this space, this isn't about the trial. This isn't about the merits of the thing. We've got another Washington Post article to look at for that purpose. This is about the coverage itself. And we saw this really start about halfway through the trial, really during that break week that we had, where a lot of these media outlets started to say, whoa, 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 Legal Bites, Emily D. Baker, all these folks are making a lot of money. They've got a lot of subscribers. A lot of people are watching them. Why is that? And analyzing that, and in some respects, kind of arguing against it. Sometimes we've covered an insider article, for instance, here that maybe took a few uh, knocks at Emily Baker uh, and Alita at Legal Bites. Uh, and this one is of a similar ilk. You see, by talking about TikTok and internet memes and everything else, you're framing the story as if these are all goofballs that are talking about this particular trial when there is at least an instance here that isn't that, the, the law tube of the world. And I wouldn't even bring it up if you just stuck to the memes and that kind of thing. However, you are going to bring up in this article, we will see it, Legal Bites in particular, and we'll talk about that in just a second. The trial offered a potential glimpse into our future media ecosystem where content creators serve as the personalities breaking news to an increasing number of viewers and in turn define the online narrative around major events. Those creators can also bring in major personal profits in the process in this new landscape Every big news event becomes an opportunity to amass followers, money, and clout. 
and the Depp Heard trial showed how the creator-driven news ecosystem can influence public opinion based on platform incentives. Okay, so we're almost totally fine here. We've got kind of the slanted subheading. We saw that. We've got a reference to the jokers on the internet. We saw that. And then we get a fairly neutral description of what's actually happened. You see kind of the edges about, okay, well, these influence are going to define the online narrative from the Washington Post in this particular context. Maybe that's not a good thing, but that might be reading into things a little bit too far. And then as we continue through the paragraph, what do we get? We get the first kind of obvious slam in terms of the journalistic output, the newsworthiness, the news value, the informational value of these particular influencers, right? It's not just that, oh, these people are popular. Oh, these people are making money. Oh, these people are making clout. It's because they're doing it to respond to quote unquote platform incentives, to feed the bot, to talk about the algorithm, uh, if you're here with me on YouTube. And that is very true in some important respects. You have to try to guess at what YouTube will like. You have to try to guess at what any of these particular platforms will like. And that's worthwhile to mention, but it frames this particular story before we've even got into any substance of what Taylor Lorenz might be talking about here in the Washington Post as at least a little bit negative, right? When we're talking about these things, we can see that this is set up to say, well, these people, these people are just doing whatever the bots tell them. They're not neutral like we are. And that's going to put your kind of filter on as you read through this article. And we'll see it more specifically as we go on. This is just the first instance of it. Nearly every large breaking news event in the past year has birthed a new crop of online influencers. As the coronavirus began its deadly spread across the country, people turned to large health-focused influencers to make sense of it, often falling for dangerous misinformation. Okay, so the very first example of this phenomenon that they want to use in this article is coronavirus misinformation. And YouTube probably already flagged this video just for my saying that phrase, just to give you another notation on how platform incentives work. When Russia invaded Ukraine, here we go, YouTube, you just have fun with this paragraph, war pages pro proliferated with their creators earning thousands by selling merchandise and posting OnlyFans ads. And as waves of anti-LGBTQ legislation flourished in recent months, popular LGBTQ streamers and TikTokers received major boosts in attention. And that's interesting in of itself. So you've got coronavirus misinformation, you've got the Russian war in Ukraine, and then you've got LGBTQ streamers essentially fighting anti-LGBTQ legislation. It's a very interesting paragraph here about what Ms. Lorenz is saying are the influencers that are controlling the quote-unquote online narrative. And if you look at a situation like that, if you look at somebody saying controlling the online narrative and say to yourself, well, isn't that what the Washington Post online really wants to do realistically? I'm not going to tell you you're wrong, right? What issue the mainstream media or the masthead media or the legacy media or whatever you want to call them has with these kinds of articles, this kind of coverage is, of course, they are incentivized in this space, as am I, right? Let's put all our cards on the table. Let's talk about tilt and bias. I am a member of LawTube insofar as I'm a YouTuber that talks about law. I talk about transactional law. I talk about Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard. I help my friends do those streams at Legal Bites, uh, and I'm a member of a lot of panels. So this is an issue that is close to my heart. I'm going to come at this particular article from a certain perspective that says this stuff is important, that it's important to have these conversations in a manner 
that allows us to have a good, maybe not neutral, but at least multifaceted discussion with each other rather than just allowing the Washington Post or whomever to control the narrative entirely. And honestly, I've talked about this before in other streams, but I think that the success of Legal Bites or Emily Baker or me even is in large part, or at least in significant part, because there are holes in the coverage that people are getting, that there's a certain lack of foundational trust in these legacy institutions that you can have honest, frank discussions with in this space on YouTube or whatever your preferred platform is to get maybe a little bit closer to the reality of a situation. And yes, we're lawyers talking about a legal question. I think that's worth noting. And unfortunately, as you will see, it doesn't get noted here. When the Depp Heard trial began gaining traction online in April, internet users around the world re recognized a fresh opportunity to seize and monetize the attention. It's negative concepts, right? They, they pounced on it. They said, oh my God, what a trial. Let's get in on that. And I have no doubt that a lot of them did. In fact, you can see it all over the internet. But it maybe is a little bit negative for what is, in essence, a new way to consume and to otherwise engage in content that's happening in the news. Christopher Orek, a 20-year-old content creator in Los Angeles, has posted a dozen videos about the trial to his more than 1.4 million followers on Instagram across several pages. Personally, what I've gained from it is money as well as exposure from how well the videos do, he said. And I don't know whether or not that's a quote directly to the author of this piece. We'll talk about that in just a second. You can go from being a kid in high school, and if you hop on it early, it can basically change your life, Oryx said. You can use those views and likes and shares that you get from it to monetize and build your account and make more money from it, meet more people, and network. And in all honesty, that's just a business model, right? The Washington Post wants more clicks, wants to monetize and build its account, make more money from it, meet more people, and network. So in order to come at this from any kind of negative space, you have to assume that these goofballs aren't giving good information, which we'll get to. Now, the content creator Alita Majeka and earned $5,000 in one week by pivoting the content on her YouTube channel to nonstop trial coverage and analysis, according to Business Insider. So we're going to talk about the sentence. I got to put my tilt out there. I got to put my bias out there. Alita is a friend of mine. Obviously, those of you that are here probably already know that. Alita is a friend of mine. I go on her channel all the time. Uh, I was a panelist on her coverage of this trial, um, and I want to see uh, her treatment in these articles done properly. That Umbrella Guy, an anonymous YouTuber whose entire channel is dedicated to pro-depth content, earned up to $80,000 last month, according to an estimate by social analytics firm Social Blade. I will tell you that these numbers are almost always wrong. Oryx said he earned over $5,400 last month in Instagram Reels bonus payments. Ah, now, so what has been removed here, we'll have to, we'll have to point out, was an issue that Alita and Legal Bites had. So this has been revised. I don't know whether this actually has an edit mark. Let's see if it does. Uh, no, no, uh, nope, not up there. Let's see at the bottom here. Edited for, uh, the story has been updated to clarify comments made during Waldman's testimony. Nope, this appears to be an unmarked edit. Thankfully, due to the nature of the internet, we can break this down a little bit more fulsomely. So we're in the paragraph with Alita Mujeka and Legal Bites, who you'll note a couple of things of in this paragraph already. Alita is a lawyer. Legal Bites is a law channel. The panel that discussed the law, the Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard lawsuit were lawyers for the most part. She also had other specialists in different fields come on. And at no point is either Legal Bites as the title of the channel referenced or the fact that she is in fact a lawyer. 
right? And I would argue that that's because this paragraph and this article is designed to make you think that these are goofballs. They are people of the grandiosity of the Washington Post. Democracy dies in darkness. These aren't people that otherwise you should be listening to. These are TikTokers. They've got weird stuff that's on there. They're doing Johnny Depp runs uh, and things. And so when we talk about this, we shouldn't mention that Alita is a lawyer or that Legal Bites is otherwise uh, somebody at a platform that has lawyers discussing this issue. We shouldn't do that at all. Now, Alita, thankfully, captured a little bit of this yesterday night. If we look at how the paragraph was originally written, we see exactly what we saw before, except after that social blade reference, we have a parenthetical statement. Majeka and that under umbrella guy did not respond to requests for comment. That's interesting because according to Legal Bites, she says, uh, this says I didn't respond to requests to comment. I know I've gotten a lot of emails over the past two months, but I've just double checked for your name, Taylor Lorenz, and I see no email from you. Also, I didn't suddenly pivot. I started covering this before the trial began. I can also tell you that Alita, I'll tell this, you know, I'll give some back office uh, dealings here, some, uh, some behind the scenes on how the sausage was made. Alita started talking about this trial and coverage of it earlier than any YouTuber, any content creator that I know has ever planned to do anything. Uh, it was months and months and months and months before the trial started that Alita, uh, Alita flagged me and flagged others uh, and said, this is what we're going to be covering. You know, pop in if you're interested. This is how I'm going to be doing it. Like it was all planned out. She had an entire plan for it. And it's interesting, right? Because you've got this parenthetical statement that says they didn't respond for requests for comment. It no longer exists in the article that's in the Washington Post with no mention that it disappeared in an article that is basically premised on journalistic integrity. What are we even talking about, people? What are we doing here? How does this happen? And I think the answer to it is effectively that Taylor Lorenz or the Washington Post team that made this article, I have no idea how many people had their hands in this at any given time, went and looked at the Business Insider article with Legal Bites and just kind of took it and, and put it out there, right? Now, interestingly enough, that Business Insider article uh, which did feature, I believe, quotes uh, from Alita, is a little bit out of date, right? You'll note a couple of things here. It mentions the name Legal Bites, implying strongly that she's a lawyer, which in fact she is, talks about earning $5,000 in a week. I can tell you this, that's old news. This article is old enough that when you talk about 10,000 concurrent viewers and $5,000 in a week, it's not remotely up to date for where Legal Bites actually finished covering the trial, right? So you've got an article that comes out here that uses apparently Business Insider for its primary source, doesn't reach out for comment to somebody like Alita, at least as far as Alita can tell, and then has the audacity to say that they didn't respond to that request for comment. I, it doesn't even need analytical analysis, right? It doesn't even need me to tell you why that's possibly wrong. Instead, what we've got is a situation in which we've got completely unmarked edits covering somebody that I know well, covering it in an out-of-date way and without the necessary contextual information for any given viewer to evaluate it. There we go. So yes, I have a tilt on this. I have a bias on this, that this is wrongly reported. 
Alita is my friend. But still, if she weren't, this is the kind of thing that if you could tell happened to anybody, I would note it here in Hangouts and Headlines. And that already puts things way far afield, but we still have more. When large creators saw the attention relative unknowns were receiving, many fully pivoted their content to covering the trial. Remember, that pivot is part of what uh, Taylor Lorenz here is arguing happened with Legal Bites. when, as I said, months before the trial started, she was going to do this. And if you actually look at the weeks that the trial was covered, this uh, $5,000, the actual coverage up to 10,000 concurrent viewers was relatively small compared to what the big channels wound up receiving and even the bigger channels than her at the end of the trial. Um, so it wasn't a pivot. <laughs> it wasn't a pivot as described in Business Insider, which also mentioned she was a lawyer and she didn't get asked for comment, at least as far as I can tell when that sentence was removed without notation in this Washington Post article. Makeup artists, meme accounts, comedians, lifestyle influencers, K-pop fans, movie reviewers, true crime podcasters, real estate influencers. Suddenly the depth trial was their primary focus. Also lawyers. In fact, lawyers had the biggest kind of impact on all this. You could go on any given day and see who was watching what online. And you could go right down the list of Emily Baker and Nick Ricada and Legal Bites and uh, the lawyer you know and Nate the lawyer and uh, you know, the, the various attorneys up at the top of that list. That was the biggest deal, but it doesn't match with what your premise is in this article. And that isn't to say, by the way, I, I take well some commentary I got on the Monica Lewinsky analysis. I said, look, Rick, a lot of people really did take in this trial with that kind of media grazing approach. They aren't watching 12-hour streams. That is totally fine. Uh, and I take that well, uh, that more people than maybe I gave credit to were watching the trial in that way. And you found that to be a, a deficit of my analysis in that article. I'm willing to grant that many people did look at it in that fashion. What I'm not willing to grant is that that means that they were necessarily uninformed or taken down the primrose path where they don't get an understanding of what this trial was. I'm not willing to grant that so far. But this, all of this, when you look at it rhetorically, every paragraph now is, des is designed to make you feel like it was goofballs and not the mighty Washington Post that was delivering this information. And that's worthy of acknowledgement and that's worthy of analysis even in the Washington Post because frankly, that isn't great for them or their business model, but it's designed to make the person that wasn't following this very closely say, well, that's not right. We don't want goofballs telling people how to ex examine a trial. And yet the biggest and most efficient group of people that were talking about these things were lawyers. Content produced by social media influencers skewed heavily pro-dep with economic bias playing a big role. Johnny Content performed a lot better, said Rowan Winch, a 17-year-old content creator. When people do post stuff trying to defend Amber Heard, they lose followers. A lot of major content creators probably don't even care about it that much. They just care about the views that it gets. And I think this is worth noting. I think it is worth noting that when I start covering the case on Legal Bites, that when I say bad things uh, about the Depp case, or I say something that's pro Amber Heard and the structure that she gives, that was not received terribly warmly in the audience that I was talking to. And you can take those things into account, but not everybody will. And certainly I was more than open about how I felt about the evidence as it came in. I think that provided a better understanding for the audiences over at Legal Bites, And I think that helped grow uh, that following, that subscribership over there, even more than it might have otherwise. I was just one small part in a much bigger machine. Uh, but I think the folks that actually were able to say, hey, look, let's analyze this as it comes into the jury were helpful in that understanding. 
Uh, but you do have to have a certain amount of uh, of will to look at the negative comments and to look at potentially subscriber drops and followers, et cetera, et cetera, uh, in order to do that. So I will grant Taylor Lorenz and the Washington Post this point that the platform can't incentivize specific opinions on specific sides of issues. We see that all the time. And it is worth noting, but it isn't worth noting that everyone everywhere did this and to throw everything under the bus, to throw all the babies out with all the bathwater. Depp's own team recognized the phenomenon in hand and looked to capitalize on it. Last month, Adam Waldman, who represented Depp against Heard's abuse allegations in 2016, testified that he had had numerous phone calls with several sympathetic YouTubers and content creators whom he called, quote unquote, internet journalists. I communicate with the internet journalists exactly the same way I'd communicate with the mainstream media. I'll inform them, he said. And I'm not entirely certain why the scare quotes are necessary around internet journalists. Internet people can definitely perform news-related activities. There isn't some kind of uh, mighty license that you get in order to report on news items. Uh, but this is the distinction between you know the, the mainstream press and the non-mainstream press. And, and the one thing that I always remind people of is when you read the First Amendment in the United States and it says you have the freedom of press, it is not some special category. It is not some magic thing that you put in the brim of your hat that says press that gives you special powers. The press is just the ability to publish what you otherwise have the freedom of speech to publish. It's not a magic designation. It's not a special class. Uh, and the Washington Post and others are learning that pretty quickly as we do see this sea change in how news is consumed. As traditional news outlets prioritize stories such as the leaked Supreme Court draft opinion on abortion, I covered that during the trial, the war in Ukraine, not going to cover that on my channel, and mass shootings in Buffalo and Texas, which we did at least comment on during the trial, it left an opening for online coverage to set the tone with the Depp Heard trial. But notice what this sentence is doing, right? What has the article done so far? The article has said, look at all these goofballs. We're not going to mention that Alita's a lawyer. We're not even going to mention LawTube at all. Emily Baker has 600,000 subscribers, and we're not going to mention that at all. By the way, if you say Alita Majeka's name three times, <laughs> here. How you doing, Alita? I'm like, I'm like Beetlejuice. I'll just, I'll just show up. <laughs> You're like Beetlejuice, Candyman, whatever you prefer. Uh, the, uh, uh, what, the woman in the mirror? Um, uh, Bloody Mary, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Any, anything that you like, anything that you like. Well, we were only about halfway through um, discussing this article, but we did talk about, I don't know if you saw this, Alita, mm -hmm. we did talk about the fact that they made an unmarked edit in your paragraph. Ooh, yeah. it has already been edited. Well, I saved a copy. Oh yeah, I, I already <laughs> put it up and you can share it separately. Um, because I have to use the uh, I have to use incognito to to bring these up, so it takes me like four extra button presses to move around the 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 streamyard. Uh, but yeah, I we we talked about you. I, I laid my biases down on the ground. I said, look, she's a friend of mine, um, and so you know this is how I feel. But um, uh, they don't mention that you're a lawyer. Uh, they don't mention your your channel name, which would give well, away that you're a lawyer. Of yeah. course, because that that would be a dead giveaway, right? To say yeah. legal bites to say, oh, maybe it's maybe it's not so much of a pivot. Right. Well, it's not a pivot at all. I also talked to them. I did give a little sausage making away. And all I said was that it was months and months and months before the trial when you informed us exactly what your plan was in terms of yeah. coverage and how it was going to be handled. And that honestly, I, I think I, I don't, I don't want to speak for you. You would have been covering the trial throughout its entirety if it never became a popular Internet thing that you had planned right. to do it, period. Right. Right. I, I, it was um I had I had some some friends in LawTube that kind of looked at me sideways and were like, "You're crazy! You're you're committing to six weeks of this? That's nuts! What are you doing?" <laughs> I, I didn't, I, you know, no. I, when I thought those thoughts, I wasn't looking at you. I was just thinking in my own room, going, "Wow, that's a hell of a trial." 
Um, no. Uh, so yeah. So we are talking about you a little bit. Um, we are talking about this article and yeah, the, the premise that I had, uh, set forth in looking at these paragraphs is that they're trying to set up at the top here that it's all goofballs, right? They're bringing in everybody that they can think about to be goofballs, K-pop fans, lifestyle influencers, comedians, you know, true crime podcasts. And they're only really talking about goofballs throughout this portion of the, the, the article. Yeah. Uh, I do, I do think they raise, you know, at least a point about, you know, the fact that Johnny content was maybe doing better than heard content online and the robots do like that kind of thing. But overall, the thrust of the article just doesn't work very well because you're only talking about goofballs. And then we had just gotten to this sentence and then I'll, I'll hand it over to you for whatever you want to talk about on this before we proceed through the article. But this sentence is really the Washington Post, Taylor the Wren sitting there and telling you, well, we were too taken up covering real news. And I guess we ceded the ground to these goofballs on the internet because we had more important things to talk about. Uh, and so you've already kind of seen the thesis writ large in terms of argumentation in this article by the time you get to this point, And that's before I even get to the NBC journalist tweets, which we'll definitely be talking about uh, in the next little while. Um, so that's what I've got right now, Alita. Thank you for coming on. If you yeah. don't recognize Alita, that is Legal Bites. That's who we've been talking about in this article. I am she. <laughs> yes, with the out-of-date references. Uh, it's it's funny, Taylor could make her point better if she had an up-to-date reference. Um, uh, I mean, but, it ju it ju it's, just, it's just yet another point for, I didn't do my research. I didn't do my homework. Because well, there, are ways to, there are ways to find those updated numbers. Plenty of other people have. They like to comment <laughs> well, she knows very often with derision. <laughs> she knows what Social Blade is. And I did tell folks here that those numbers are way off. Uh, but... She does know what it is. I'm sure that number displays higher for you right now is on Social Blade, at least. Uh, and so it's just a wild kind of set of things. The other wild thing here is if you go to this Business Insider headline, I just put it up before you came in. It says Legal Bites. It talks about you as a lawyer. Like you have to deliberately strip this stuff in order to use this as the source. Um, and then, yeah, once I realized that they edited out that line, I said, oh, come on now. And it's not at the bottom. So if you look at they, they give their edits. Um, they give their edits here. They do say that it's been edited for Waldman's testimony. They don't happen to mention that they said that they asked you for comment and never did. That they got called out by two YouTubers. Yeah. Yeah. Did Umbrella Guy call them out as well? Or was it just, yeah. just, just, just you and yeah, me? Yeah, he, he, he did. And he took the same, <clears throat> the same paragraph screenshot that I did um, to show the same thing. Like in his tweet, he basically did the same thing that I did. Um, and was like, hey, uh, no. No, no, no one reached out to me. I was like, okay, so it's not just like, it's not just that I've, I've missed some email that has like gone to the ether. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we were just bringing this up um, uh, for you and, and thankfully that you did it because. Well, that's why I did it. <laughs> I had a feeling. <laughs> I, I can't even, I see, this is me. This is, this is naive Rick here going, well, well you could at least mark that you, you could say it in some kind of narratively opaque way at the bottom. You know, the paragraph on Alita and Umbrella Guy was revised for clarity. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, you could at least mention that you made an edit. To me, you make an edit and, and, and you don't say anything. That's that's pretty much the height of uh, journalistic malpractice. Um, but, yeah, so tell folks, you know, we, we highlighted your tweet, um, but tell, tell folks what your kind of situation was with this and, and how yeah. you felt as you went uh over there. <laughs> Well, I, uh, I, I mean, yeah, somebody, somebody had tagged me saying, Hey, you're getting, you're getting some shade in this article. And I was like, okay, yet another one. All right. Let's take a look at what it says. Um, and you get that uh, a lot, I imagine. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's happened a, f a few times and it's usually the same theme. It's, it's that 
it's that these YouTubers and these TikTokers are cheapening the story basically by turning this all into cheap clickbaity entertainment, right? So this salaciousness. <laughs> we're so, oh yeah. Yeah, we didn't, exactly. We didn't talk about law at all. And if, of course, of course. And, and the fact that the fact that everyone is making these very dramatic pivots, right? That it's a, it's a sudden pivot. Yes. You were previously that, an ice cream channel. Uh, and then you started covering the trial. Of course, of course, yeah, yes, yes. Uh, my my channel has primarily focused on nail painting. Sure. Um, <laughs> but but I mean, right? Like it's it's really it's really frustrating to me. Um, those two points, you know, number one, saying that they had reached out for comment and and that I didn't respond, that I declined to to you know to comment was yeah. was the thing. Then on top of that, saying that I pivoted, those are the two things that just like were, were, I, I, I wouldn't say that I was even like that emotionally upset yeah. until I started to have a conversation behind the scenes. Um, and then it was like, I started getting this recharacterization of what the article is back to me <laughs> from the author. And I'm like, you know, it, it's not quite as, as, uh, as celebratory as you are seeming to make it seem now in this conversation directly with me, I can oh, yeah. see that there's a, quite a bit of shade being thrown around based on like basically the, 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 the main theme of the article is, Hey, this, uh, this trial has been very profitable for these people. And that's why they're doing it. Who cares about the facts? Who cares about the story? Who cares about anything other than the money? Which is absolutely ridiculous and it's nonsense. And also it ignores the fact that some of the biggest, um, you could say influencers in this trial, the ones that were originally live streaming this stuff is big media, right? Like this is Yeah, they certainly media. tried. Yeah, I mean, they had they were running their streams, weren't they? They were they just, with their own commentary. Of course, but 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 they're they're not making money off of it. They're definitely not profiting off of it. Only the small people are, right? Sarcastic elite <laughs> is my favorite. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, on top no. of that, the commentary yeah. that they are giving is devoid of 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 the uh, of the factual landscape. Meanwhile, yep. on 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 my channel, on other channels, on that Umbrella Guys channel, it's all about the facts. It's all about the facts that are finally coming to light. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and I think definitely the lawyers. One of the things I talked about uh, on this is it's it's amazing that this article doesn't talk about Emily or Nick or or you as a lawyer. Or, or any of these things that were at the top of all of what people were watching during this trial, right? Like it was the, it was the top five and, and it's not just, you know, it's Nate, it's all, it's a bunch of people that are, that are streaming that trial. And that's realistically, at least on YouTube, if you're going to bring YouTube into this Washington post, that's, that's what people were watching. So to ignore that and to frame it differently. And then I brought up the, the, the tweet that she made after she saw that I was doing this, um, it, it, saying it is, I, I can only imagine in terms of back office conversations you were having, effectively a celebration, give or take. I hope my piece illuminated why people are turning to content creators for news and why people trust influencers over traditional media. Uh, yeah. We have more article to read through, folks. This article isn't going to suddenly shift and do that. <laughs> it's it's not it's not about that. We're going to have some quotes about how dangerous influencers are and how the program man manipulates them a little bit. We got more of that. Mm -hmm. We don't have why people trust influencers. We don't really have any of that that, that second sentence. I, I should note, by the way, that as I do, um, I invited her on. Um, 
everybody's always welcome. I'm always happy to get perspectives. You know, there can be things I'm missing. I'm not an all seeing arbiter of the truth. Uh, but you know, we'll see if she takes me up on that. Uh, but this actual description of what this article is, I found to be, um, let's say, uh, inaccurate. Let's, let's go with inaccurate. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, so I, uh, I wanted to cover this as soon as I saw it happen. I, I really did, uh, like your tweets, uh, about this. Um, and I, I know you are busy today. You don't have to stay with us for the looking through the whole article or anything like that, but I wanted to make sure we got your take on all this happening and the interactions you're having with what is a pretty significant public figure herself, uh, in Taylor Lorenz. Um, sorry, you want my comment on <laughs> whatever part? you like, honestly, Alita. No, I mean, but you're, I mean, this is, uh, this is the Washington post who we pointed out at the top is keeping up their article, uh, and is apparently a defamatory article. Uh, and they're keeping it up with an editor's note, which I'm pretty sure doesn't work, but we'll see where that goes. Um, yeah. <laughs> and well, that this outlet like, is talking it, about it, you. It's like, it's been bungled every step of the way, right? Because yeah. number one, it was bungled in, in the, the, the the omission of important facts, right? The omission of the fact that I am an attorney. The omission mm -hmm. of the fact that my my channel is 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 cent is centered on legal content and always has been and always will be. Um, and then it's also it was also misleading with the the sentence that was that was in that paragraph, ask uh, referencing a request for comment. Now yeah. she did apologize. I will say that I give her okay. credit for that. So she did apologize yeah. um, privately. She did say that she didn't put that that statement in there that that was put in, I guess, I guess, presumably by the editor. She requested that it be taken out. But if you're going to make any kind of a revision to it, you got it. You got to note the revision. Yeah. So, and I didn't know any of this, folks. This is this is all news to me behind the scenes. So, yeah, yeah. I, I just noted it as I'm going through because I knew I wanted to hit it. And I was like, wait, where is it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that, that's why, you know, before before I make any kind of a public comment on an article, I'm always going to want to save it. <laughs> In oh, some yeah. kind of PDF PDF form, because you never know what's going to happen after an author has been called out. So yeah, well, I, I mean, you're you're in a different stratosphere on that stuff. I'm referenced, but mostly in connection with you uh, on these things. And uh, yeah, there's there, you're coming up a lot. Emily's coming up a lot. Um, it's there's a there's a real I don't know if I want to say concern, but they're they're certainly covering uh, what's happening online in this particular trial a lot in a lot of these articles. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and and there is a bit of irony saying, you know, the mainstream media wasn't covering this because we were covering more important issues like right. Ukraine and all of this other stuff. And then but then you look at the, all the headlines out there and they are covering it. So, well, they're not going to ignore <laughs> they're not going to ignore this many people interested in something. But for the most part, they're going to try to find a way to cover it from our, their high horse and talk about how uh, badly everyone else is covering it. So, of course, of course, which is. The, the the irony is that they're just they're just looking in the mirror when they're saying that. Uh, well, yes, I mean the very next line. There's a seriousness that legacy media follows when they cover these things. I, I, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, the the seriousness involved in 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 not actually looking at the facts before reporting, not not using a a fact based reporting system. <laughs> Well, I, I think that certainly we have seen, especially in the op-ed pages of these various outlets, that uh, they sometimes come in with their own premises uh, and are not swayed at all by the trial court facts, the cases in chief, or even the jury verdict at this point. 
Um, so, you know, the Washington Post has planted its stake in the ground. They're not taking that article down without an injunction. And they're just going to say up front that a jury found it false. Come at us, bro. <laughs> it's like, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. That's the seriousness of legacy media, right? They also make revisions without telling you, you know, it happens. Um, but, yeah, but, but, but that is serious. That is of course, serious business. Yeah. But, well, you know, content creators can lean into internet culture and can be silly and crude and crass, which is true. Absolutely. Uh, but it's not always the case. Now, this is actually pretty truthful, I think, in terms of usefulness. It comes across as way more authentic. Authenticity is the currency of the realm, I think, to some extent here online. And it's one of the areas where legacy media really suffers. They overproduce things. It's all contoured. That's one of the reasons headlines can exist, is we can go and look and, and look at the message in these things and how they're presented. Um, and you don't you don't have authenticity here. Um, and, you know, I'm you know, I'm very sorry. Sorry, Miss Lorenz. You're always welcome to come on here and explain your perspective or tell me why I'm wrong. Love to have you. Uh, but um, that's what I see here reading these articles is, you know, a masthead saying these people are weirdos. Don't listen to them. And mm -hmm. also uh, this lady named Alita, uh, whose name you maybe can't pronounce as you read through <laughs> here is just a goofball and you shouldn't pay any attention to her. Right. Right. Yep. So exactly. Um, and I, I do think I, I definitely agree that I think that authenticity is um, is is important these days. And I think that that is, that is one of the big reasons why why the MSM is not doing so well in comparison. But I think at the same time, like you don't even necessarily have to have like personality, authenticity. All you need is is to is to have some sort of diligence to tie what you're saying to the facts that 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 you can back up. And that seems to be woefully deficient these days. Yeah, I, I have no problem. I've said it in this space. If you want to say, I looked at the situation and I believe Amber Heard for X, Y, and Z, and, and you have a conversation with me, I can disagree with you. But if you're, if you're basing it on actual observation of these things, go nuts. I'm not demanding that everybody agree uh, with me. Honestly, I still think that there could be kernels of truth in what Amber Heard had to say, but she made it impossible for the jury to find them. Um, so I'm, I'm more than happy to have that conversation. It, the problem is, is the premise is reversed. It's, it's here's the assumption. Everyone else is wrong. And we're just going to fight on the basis of nothing. And so many of these articles that we're reading now are arguments that I can look at. I can talk to you about and you can find and see they're hollow in the middle. Right. I mean, this is just this is just an assumption. This is just a premise here that says there's these these are weirdos. We're going to have another section here, which is actually what I think might have informed the creation of this article would be my guess. Uh, which is this cat 10 bars tweet uh, Twitter thread. Did you see this yesterday? Um, I did. I, I, yeah. I, I just saw that I think the first tweet and I didn't look any further, but it it's along the same lines from what I saw. Yeah. We're going to look at that thread cause it's um, interesting, uh, but it, it goes along these same lines. Um, and uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's an NBC journalist. And it, it just goes along with what you're thinking. I always worry when I do these articles and it kind of matches up with what people's concerns are <laughs> about these outlets. It's like, well, so this is going to feed directly into what you already think about these things. And I'm sorry about that. I like critical analysis here, but sometimes they just do what they say on the tin, right? Sometimes whatever your existing uh, biases are, 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 are shown out there in the real world. Uh, but I'm going to continue with this, Alita. Do you want me to exit you out? Or are you going to hang out with me a little bit? I can hang out for a little bit. All right. But while people who consume their news from content creators often believe it to be more trustworthy than mainstream media, 
creators aren't beholden to any editorial standards or journalistic norms, like referencing when you edit articles. Kat Tenbarge, a reporter at NBC News covering the trial, tweeted, in fact, they're incentivized to break them to fit the narrative and make money. I don't actually think that's fundamentally flawed, but we'll talk about it more in just a second. Media and influencers on the political right seized upon the cultural moment to make Depp a cause celebre, using their coverage to turn the trial into a referendum on Me Too. Probably also accurate, but you see the problem with generalization. When you create this article that says everybody's weirdos, we're not going to talk about what their credentials are. Look at all these weirdos. And then you say, we're covering things more seriously. These weirdos are covering them without standards, no editorial standards or journalistic norms. And by the way, did we mention the right yet? No. Now we're going to do that here. You get this entire framework of, honestly, Marilyn Manson popping up at any corner. It's boogeyman all the way down. And let's take a look at that Twitter thread to talk about it more. Yeah, this, this, this idea that, that, that social media influencers are not held to certain standards. I mean, I don't necessarily inherently disagree with that. However, right. Right, they're not. social media influencers will be very quickly called out by people if they get their facts wrong, especially in a case like this. I remember, I remember um, when, I, when I first kind of dabbled into this subject, and I had I had just kind of started to cover because I, I got I got wind of of the case and I, I I hadn't I hadn't done as much background checking as I as I should have and so I got some facts wrong sure. and I had people in the comments that were like you need to know more and they're like you need to get more <laughs> and so I was like okay 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 so like I I you know I went back and I I, I re researched everything and I just kind of came came to it with with this idea of like okay I will be learning through live streams by talking to people that are very well versed in this. So, you know, and, and that way it's very apparent where I'm coming from. It's very apparent. You can tell the words that I'm saying, I'm not coming at this as, as an authority source, but rather as somebody who has a certain background and is going to analyze things in a certain way yep. and, and just wants to learn more. So yeah. it, it's, it's, you know, this idea that, that it's just the wild west out there on, on social media is also not exactly accurate either. No, it's not. It's not. And, and you get, as you say, you get real-time responses, right? We we operate differently, period. Uh, so if you get something wrong, uh, chat's going to tell you about it. And chat's not going to tell you about it with editorial norms either. You're, you're going to hear about it in uh, very strongly worded messages in general. Um, and, and you get that real-time feedback. I, yes, that can be contoured in bad directions. YouTube can do various things. There's good analysis there around the edges of social media, running things in directions that maybe it shouldn't because the robots are just robots. Um, but throwing all that out because it's a new way to present the news is uh, wrong. Now we can see there's a reason why, you know, the masthead legacy media of the world are not thrilled with it. Uh, we don't have the production cost that they've taken on. We don't have the overhead that they've taken on. And to some extent, people enjoy hearing from, if not neutral sources, sources that are at least uh, available to a judge on terms of biases or tilts or whatever else you want to describe. And hopefully when we're doing it right, talking about that with you, right? I had no problem reading the Washington Post article and say, look, I'm about to talk about a paragraph about a friend. Okay. So, so value my input on this as you would discount it practically, honestly, uh, yeah. because I hate seeing Alita treated this way in, <laughs> in an article like this. Uh, but if it weren't you, I feel confident that I would have said the same thing about, you know, an edit that was otherwise unmarked 
Um, and you know, that kind of Twitter stuff happening that says that you, I, you know, I was never contacted because honestly it's an admission after you remove that sentence and you see those tweets from you. So that's fine. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like I would have done the same, but I don't have to say that my viewers would feel the same. Honestly, I feel very uh, ethically bound when I talk about these things on all these bas basically premise, because we are lawyers and we have a code of professional conduct, but does cat 10 barge? Well, she has thoughts. For people who have been studying the misinformation campaign around the Depp v. Heard trial, this verdict is chilling. Oh, yes, folks, we're going on a journey with Kat here. And understand that this is a paragraph that is one of the central premises in the Washington Post article that we were reading. The so success when she says misinformation yeah. campaign, is she uh -huh. referring to social media influencers or is she referring to the mainstream media? Because there's been a lot oh, of disinformation in mainstream media. Yeah. Alita is awake this morning, folks. Uh, yeah, no, I, I I don't know. I actually, one of my responses to this was something of a similar ilk. We'll get to that tweet in just a second. Okay. Um, but yes, it's her premise, obviously, to have to arrive at the verdict is chilling, is that social media took over, was run by Depp Squad, and that's why, uh, looking at this, they got it wrong, I guess. I mean, you still have to believe Amber Heard. I really wasn't very much online for justice for Johnny or anything like that. I just sat and watched the trial. Like I, I, I didn't have outside extraneous influences in this car, and I'm not the final arbiter of truth, but I will say I am an example of someone that can just watch the thing and say, oh yeah, I don't, I don't believe her version of the world more than Johnny's. Um, so right. the, the, the success of Depp's redemption arc narrative reveals a lot about our social media platforms and ourselves. Okay. A thread of things I learned during the Depp v. Heard. Media literacy around this trial was abhorrent. Most people, even if they say they did, did not watch the trial. They watched TikToks and YouTube videos, most of, most of which were biased for a clear economic purpose. That's not the same thing. And this is kind of why I think Taylor Lorenz saw this Twitter thread and wrote an article about it. Uh, it this, this is going to follow along the same lines, but I, you know, I don't want it's speculation. It matches up very well. But I wound up tweeting about this, saying, "Oh, I, I agree. Media literacy around this trial was abhorrent, but basically not in the way that you think." Uh, I, I think that the media showed itself for not being literate in the facts at hand or how to talk about them with their viewers, and that's why you had this big flight uh, from lack of quality. Uh, realistically, that said. As I said earlier in this particular video, I'm willing to grant that most people didn't sit with us for, I, I don't even want to add up the hours we were on, Alita, uh, for however long that was, um, very, very long time, um, and found their information otherwise. Now, they might have found it through recap videos on the wonderful Legal Bites channel uh, that she did every day. I don't know, understand how, because I think I was sleeping by that point in time. Um, and uh, did follow it in not every minute of, of the court case. And I'm sure that there were folks that got biased information. Uh, but that doesn't make it this kind of zeitgeist, horrible thing that happened because so many people, millions of people, were watching Law and Copyright, we're watching Emily, we're watching Nick, we're watching Legal Bites, whatever it is, uh, and getting their information direct. Now, what economic purpose, you might have just asked? Well, hmm. follow the money. Most of the viral content around the trial fell into a dichotomy of Johnny Good, Amber Bad. As long as your content fit that narrative, it could increase your views, audience, and earnings. And this is Probably true from what I saw in terms of the responses. So this point is at least well taken. But again, it assumes that that's everything and everywhere what was happening online in all corners. Posting from a pro-amber or even a neutral position means you will lose followers. I, I will note I did not lose followers for coming in and saying I thought Johnny Depp had no case. There's no incentive to consider both sides. As a result, Amber's evidence has been largely ignored. 
again, I think Alita, you said this, the, the premise from Kat, the premise from Taylor, the premise from the Washington Post and other articles we've read is this notion that the only thing that one can ever care about is money. Um, and I, I didn't th come onto your platform and, and we didn't try to present, you know, legal analysis because we thought that was the most effective way to make money on this thing. Uh, right. we, we did it because that was our background and we thought that it would be useful to folks getting good information. Yeah. And also that tweet saying that if you post even from a neutral position that you'll lose followers, my channel is an exact, uh, uh, is proof of the exact opposite. Because uh, of the yeah. fact that my, my channel grew several times over, well, I mean, even though I was very clear that I had basically decided that I was pro Johnny, yeah. I had a bunch of people on, you included, that were entirely neutral. And so our coverage was pretty much neutral because of the fact that we we would we would go back and forth, we would argue, we would, you know, um, and 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 like we wouldn't have agreements that was that made that made our coverage explicitly pro Johnny Depp, right? Like we would say things that Amber Heard's team was doing right. Yeah. So I would consider the the coverage from from my channel to be neutral. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, the, the problem with neutral here, right, is you know I would argue that you know the Legal Bites platform slid into you know Johnny should win this case towards the end of it, but that's after evaluation of the. Uh, of the evidence, right? Like you don't have to be neutral at that point. I was neutral throughout, uh, realistically until cross of Amber Heard. Um, and then I said, okay, well, I can tell you who I think has the better end of this case. And that wasn't changed in the rest of the weeks uh, that we covered it. Um, so, you know, that's not, that's not technically neutral at that point in time, I suppose, uh, but it's open to being convinced the other direction. Uh, and it's open to evaluating the things that are presented. And I think that's the neutrality that you should try to achieve, not the elimination of all perspectives and analysis that you'd otherwise be doing. Right. Um, and I think that that's definitely not what NBC News, I think, is, is she NBC News? Um, uh, yeah, that's so. uh, uh, definitely not what NBC News or the Washington Post or anything else does either. So this is, this is holding content creators up to standards that they themselves don't hold uh, in an effort to tar them with an economic brush that the mainstream content creators, we'll just call everybody content creators at NBC News or the Washington Post definitely do hold. Their, their jobs don't exist if they don't bring in viewers. Their, their mastheads don't exist if they don't find subscribers to their newspaper. Um, and so this is just kind of, um, there, she's making some good points about how the platforms can move things around. And I want to grant that, but it's from a perspective that is at best disingenuous. It's kind of missing some of the more specific context that you need to evaluate these things. Mm -hmm. Many people who consume this trial don't even know that Amber has evidence or that a UK judge ruled in her favor for 12 out of 14 incidents of abuse. She testified to with evidence. Many people don't know that Amber has evidence. I mean, we know she presented things for three weeks. She had mountains of evidence. Well, we know that she claims mountains of evidence, <laughs> uh, but we, I mean, right. we know that she presented the case. Um, as Adam Waldman testified in this trial, YouTubers and social media played an overwhelming role in the perception of this trial. People who consume their news from content creators, specifically news around this case, believe it is more trustworthy than mainstream media. I think that's probably true, but I'd love to see a source on that. Um, I don't know what, that we got a poll or anything like that. Um, and then we've got a, a Michael Hobbs reference here. Uh, they say most articles about it, the, the trial tend to focus on reactions to the trial rather than analysis of the actual evidence. That's true, but that's not my fault. 
Um, you guys can analyze the evidence whenever you like. I think you'd find it a little bit harder to make the articles that you want to make here. And then a pitfall of going to YouTubers and TikTokers for coverage is that these creators aren't beholden to any editorial standards or journalistic norms. We saw this quoted in the Washington Post article. In fact, they're incentivized to break them to fit the narrative and make money. To which I can only say, obviously you're incentivized to fit your narrative and make money and your editorial standards or journalistic norms are what? Are you beholden to them? You have an editor, you have an ombudsman, uh, you take things out of articles if you're the Washington Post and you don't mention that you did. You, re you make revisions that you don't tell us about when called out on Twitter by these content creators. Uh, I feel beholden to the same kind of ethical standards uh, that I would as a lawyer when I talk about these things. You'll hear a lot of what you might call lawyer words when I say things. I say I have a lot of probabilities and almost certainlies. I, I always avoid the hundreds and zeros uh, uh, for the most part. Uh, but you know, I, I don't see a, a board that is out there kicking journalists' butt for editorial standard breaking or journalistic norm breaking. And norm, by the way, isn't a rule anyway. Um, so you get to this point in time when you're looking at this kind of thing and you say, all right, yes, you want to hold people to other standards that you don't hold yourself, at least as a group. And that's that's generalizing. Uh, and it's just it's not contextually sound as an argument. We've known for a while that social media incentivizes bad behavior because it fuels engagement. Engagement's good. It also incentivizes conspiracy theories, groupthink, cruelty, and harassment. And this case exemplifies all of that. We have seen conspiracy theories. We have seen some groupthink. We have seen some cruelty. We have seen harassment. I don't know uh, whether or not that is something that is unique to the social media landscape. I will tell you that those there are those out there, including, I think, my friend Alita, myself and others uh, that go out there with a mission statement to, you know, make social media better, yeah. <laughs> to, to make the news get out there better and, and really hold ourselves to that uh, and, and try to curate um, our commentary chat, whatever else it might be, to have that conversation. I mean, God, reasonable minds can differ continues to be my motto on this channel. Uh, and that, that's the opposite of everything that is said here. And then we get to the fun stuff. Many of the criticisms of Amber Heard are rooted in misogyny. Okay. But beyond that, they're also rooted in a fundamental misunderstanding of how trauma and abuse work. When people cherry pick from Amber's testimony, hyperfixate on her emotions and body language, lie about her and make fun of her, they feed into this culture that hurts all victims, even if Amber isn't a victim. This well, behavior hurts victims. Oh, that's that? not a good line. How about that, them apples? This thread isn't going to be popular. I can't imagine why, Kat. Because reporting on this case fairly is really unpopular. I'm pretty no, sure reporting on the case fairly is very popular. That's not why this thread isn't going to be popular. So, no, it, it, yeah, no, it's it's not. It's not. Uh, when I first started talking about it, I realized that I couldn't share anything neutral without attracting hate or losing followers. So I had to stop caring or you had to not care about your followers. If you really feel called to say something separately, differently, right? You're not beholden to making sure you keep your follower number up. In fact, I have a great deal of respect for those that go out there with their statements and don't care about what the follower number is or the subscription or the super chats or anything else. Isn't that what you just accuse content creators of not doing? And yet you're here in a thread saying, I couldn't say anything because my followers would go down. Um, okay, who's chasing clout now? Mm. Unfortunately, social media incentivizes us to care very, very much about what other people think of us. 
This has a net negative effect on social progress because progress is rarely popular in the moment. And this is projection, um, right? So you don't have to care about the like button. You don't have to care about the down like button. I tell people, hey, if you don't like this content, put that down vote down. And yes, the platform loves down votes. So go nuts. Uh, but I'm always interested. It does. <laughs> it does. The platform. It's why really... like, like real content creators don't actually care about the percentage of upvote versus downvote because it's engagement nonetheless. It's engagement. <laughs> and like YouTube, like, ooh, is there a little controversy there? The robots love it. It's like cat. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it's just, you see this so often. And I'm not trying to call out Cat Tenbarge because I have no idea who this is. You're welcome to come on here if you like. Uh, but uh, it is the opposite of what she's saying while she says it. She's, she's saying content creators are motivated by this. And I don't want to say these things because I lose followers. And I'm on NBC News and I'm a tech reporter. And everything is wrong, regardless of whether Amber Heard is a victim or not but she's clearly a victim because the disinformation campaign, I, I mean, there's, it's just all over the place. And yet you can see the likes, you can see the retweets on this, that, that people are sharing this, right? As many people have pointed out, there will likely be a future redemption arc for Amber Heard like there was for Britney Spears. I realized I couldn't wait for that. I wanted to be on the right side of history today and thread. I am on tape a number of times saying, I hope Amber Heard gets the help that she needs, that she shows the contrition that she should for what appear to be gross exaggerations, if not outright lies, and that I have no problem with her landing on her feet sometime in the future if those things happen. I have no problem with that at all. That's a redemption arm. Some other people disagree with me, but I have absolutely no problem with that. And yet you, you put everybody in this bucket and you don't talk about the biggest group of people that are actually putting this online content out, <laughs> which isn't me necessarily, but it is lawyers in general. Um, and this is the premise for the article that we're reading right now. This is why I made this article the headline for today, uh, because, you know, I'm egotistical. And this is talking about my friends. I think that's pretty cool in the Washington Post. Uh, <laughs> but they do it poorly is just icing on the top, right? Um, but, yeah. that's So that's the thread that you missed out on uh, big portions of. Um, yeah. You feel like you missed out? You feel like you're more educated now? Educated? Well... Educated as to someone's perception. <laughs> uh, and then I think we're mostly going to circle the drain here and continue with this to the end. As more people turn to online creators for information, misinformation flourishes. Because we never get that from the MSM. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? It's people all the way down. I wish we could have this conversation on a more neutral playing field, right? They fear for their subscribers. And I don't blame them. But like, you're human beings. You make mistakes all the time, including in this article we're reading right now. Uh -huh. um, and that's the Waldman statements in minimum. It's the removal of parentheticals uh, at maximum, right? And the trial could provide a playbook for anyone looking to leverage the creator economy for their own gain. So they're afraid of Johnny Depp and Adam Waldman. Joe Federer, author of the book, The Hidden Psychology of Social Networks, said that it's easy to see how manipulating a TikTok algorithm or planting the right information with the right influencers causes a real misunderstanding of important issues. There's a huge difference between breaking a story and articulating an informed point of view on it and following on to a trending topic. This is actually, this is delightful, right? Because this is this is marketing for us. Articulating <laughs> an informed point of view on things is what we do. Check out Legal Bites, like and subscribe. Um, <laughs> like and subscribe to Home Law. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't done so already, if you're watching and you haven't done so already. It's, it's um, fine, it's fine. <laughs> but, but, like, what are you doing here if you haven't? <laughs> we articulate informed points of view, right? And that's why it's so interesting that you don't get that reference, Alita, as a lawyer. 
It blows up half of this stuff if they just call you legal bites up top. Yeah. The popularity of the trial online has only emboldened influencers to lean harder into breaking news and compete more directly with traditional news uh, organizations on coverage. And again, I don't think you've made your argument. I, I don't think linking to a cat thread actually gets you to where you want to be. So anybody that isn't already on your side of the fence by now looks at a sentence like this, if you're writing it in the Washington Post and says, I don't see the issue. I don't see the issue with people going out there and otherwise reporting directly to me. I have eyes. I have ears. I can evaluate whether I think they're a goofball or whether I think they are, uh, what, articulating an informed point of view. I can judge those things for myself. I don't need you to gatekeep for me. I don't need the Washington Post to tell me what's right or wrong. Mm -hmm. by, by Thursday morning, less than 24 hours after the verdict came down, many creators were already in search of the next big story. Oh, we're just vultures, aren't we? Uh, Marlon McLeod 20, a content creator who runs a large Instagram account with 3 million followers dedicated to posting videos of attractive men, said he plans to pivot his page to covering more news. A video he posted recently about the trial got more than 34 million views. Good for you, attractive men poster guy. I do want to cover more news and big things happening in the world, he said. Before the trial, my account was about posting random videos of men, each their own. But as my account grows, I want to be diving more into these events, reporting on them, kind of like news outlets. Now is that, I joke is that about so, this. Is that so bad though to say that that somebody wants to wants to go from from covering from content that is maybe a little bit more shallow to something that is a little bit more important and a little bit more in depth? Is that so bad? But he's not press, right? He doesn't have <laughs> an editor telling him uh, when he's not allowed to remove things without notation in an article. He he's just out there talking about stuff as a human being, and you can see even in this, in terms of the way this is structured, I think this is the very end. Yes, it's been clarified uh, for Waldman's testimony. Um, you can see even in this structure, exactly what was written here, right? This ends, and I make the joke because the joke is right there. That's why they put it up, up, up this way. Is that this is a guy posting men videos saying he wants to cover news. It ends as it began. Look at these goofballs that are trying to do what we're doing, right? Look at these idiots. Uh, they, they're vultures. They were already in search of the next big story. They're just out there for the clicks, the monsters that they are. They'll do anything for those clicks. How is that uh, different and, than the mainstream media? Yeah. Well, and, and he and he makes videos of attractive men. And then he's going to change to talking about other things. Um, and and how, how dare he, essentially, is the premise after you've read this whole article, after you've gotten through that Twitter thread that we talked about four paragraphs before. Um, we They don't care about articulating an informed view. They're just following on to a trending topic. The premise here is not remotely like what Taylor Lorenz says it is right? When we get to her tweeting at me, it is a, a, describing a different article than what this actually is, right? I hope my piece illuminated why people are turning to content creators. No, it's about content creators and why they're turning to specific coverage. You, this article is not about why people seek them out. It, it isn't. And why people trust influencers over traditional media. No, it isn't. You have a line in there about authenticity, which is true, but it's a line. The why is definitely not anywhere in that article. There, there is absolutely nothing even remotely trying to explain why people trust influences over traditional media. Not a single line. Well, and the truth of it is, it's actually a great example, right? Th this looks to me like an influencer talking to me, right? This is Taylor Lorenz. I don't know her um, from Adam, but uh, looking at this, this is how an influencer would talk to you to try to get you to think about what they said in a very specific way, which is ironic because this is an article about how 
content creators talk to people in a manipulative way or follow the platform or search for the clicks and the clout and the money. And, and this, this just isn't an accurate description of what we all just read. Uh, but it's designed, you got, you know, the thank you so much for discussing my story, right? And, you know, uh, I, I, I wasn't mean or anything, but I said, well, fine, let's talk about seriousness in media, shall we? <laughs> and, you know, it, it's certainly indica indicative of what direction that this, this particular conversation is going to go. And then, you know, you get the very nice, the overly nice, thank you so much. Feel free to reach out. I hope my piece illuminated all of this stuff. And it's like, Ms. Lorenz, I'm happy to have you on to converse with these things. But at this point in time, I don't trust you to have this conversation in this space, um, you know, without real time kind of communication, because this isn't accurate. Um, it isn't accurate what you described when you originally wrote it. It isn't accurate when you revised it without telling people. And the overall thrust of your article isn't accurate for the online society or news coverage that I am seeing in real time. So no, like I'm not going to DM you. <laughs> um, so, you know, come on, we could talk about it. And, and that's, you know, maybe it's projection all the way down. I mean, maybe that's the way she interacts with people. And then you say, oh, content creators are only after this for money and clicks and clout, because I think that comes out a little bit in that cat thread. I, I think it does. Yeah. By the time she's saying, I can't say these things because I'd lose followers. I'd be like, mm. Well, I mean, you have those ethical standards, right? So you have principles about what truth is and whether mm -hmm. or not you saying something out into the wild is either truthful or omitting what you think the actual truth is. So surely you're not just contouring your messaging to keep followers. That wouldn't be ethical. Um, and then you have these tweets like this from Ms. Lorenz and you say, okay, so you all are influencers and maybe we're not. And maybe the shoes are flipping around a little bit uh, in a weird way. Um, but that's that's the first article. I don't know if we're going to do a second article or not, uh, but that's the first article I wanted to discuss with you all today. Alita, any final thoughts on Ms. Loren's coverage of people covering other things and moving on to covering yet more things? Yeah, I, I, I look forward to the correction article that talks about how, how folks like LawTube are becoming a thing because we are using our area of expertise and our experiences and our knowledge, our professional knowledge. Um, for to ed to help educate the masses and to help curb curb misinformation um, put out there by others, including mainstream media. I look forward to that article coming from Miss Lawrence. I don't expect to see it, but I look forward to it. I think there's an audience there for it. <laughs> I, I I think she could find uh, some people that would be interested in reading that. I mean, I think that there are millions of people that were interested in watching it from y'all. Uh, so I think that there's honestly. I think the first journalistic outlet that actually pivots into treating it like it's a serious thing would actually find some good clicks there. Yeah. Um, I so. Think so, but what do I know? Right. I'm not mainstream media. I'm just, I'm just the we're guy just, out there making videos. We're, we're just, we're just lawyers living in small boxes on your screen. <laughs> we are, or in your phone. You don't know. We, we could live in your phone, other electronic devices. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. So I'm going to hit some super chats, Alita. Sure. Um, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about this, I suspect, from the viewers. We'll see. Uh, Samantha Eason, video test instead of depths, not shoes, shows. Here's another $15, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit, when you said something like, like the show, like the shoes, I said it out loud. I'm like, is this some kind of code phrase I shouldn't be saying? Um, so I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Samantha Eason. I appreciate the support. <laughs> Apple Pie, what if anything this appeal holds? Hogue, it's too early for this nonsense. I do like to squeeze them in. It's kind of a fun game. I have not missed the video yet. 
<laughs> Streaming addict, is it true that in Virginia she has to pay a bond equivalent to what she owes to JD in order to appeal? Not a Virginian lawyer. Looks a little bit that way. Also looks like there's some judge's discretion up for those kinds of things. Um, so we'll see if that how that plays out. Aussie lawyer, I have a big problem with Elaine's Today interview. Was misleading and the journal let it all pass because she obviously hasn't watched the whole trial. Can't expect journals to watch whole trial, but so misleading. Yeah, you know, uh, journalistic interviews are interesting. I'm of a mind to mostly let the actual subject talk um, and let you evaluate it just like this, Aussie lawyer. Um, rather than have the journalist kind of fight um, too much. That's just kind of the perspective that I like on those things. But in that context, I definitely think there was a, a, some room for pushback. You actually saw some pushback on some of these outlets uh, yesterday, if you, look at, if you look at the video. But I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Uh, Callistic, can the Washington Post be forced to take the article down via court order? Not a Virginia lawyer. I, I think that Johnny Depp could go seek an injunction. I, think, I believe they can. Yeah. I, I need to I need to double check, but last time I looked in on it, I believe they can. Yeah, that, that's my gut reaction. Um, the Washington Post going out there with a note that says essentially we know that legally this is false, but here you go is a choice. Uh, KDP, good evening from Seoul, South Korea. Hi, KDP. Thank you so much. Gridfon, in my opinion, it is okay for opinion columns to present dissent. Oh, I already talked about this. Yeah, I'm okay with them presenting dissent, but I'm also okay with criticizing how they arrive at their conclusions. Dan, the security man. Morning, Rick. Hi from Australia. Schmitty D. Hi, Dan, the security man. Ashley, heart emoji, a.k.a. Ashley SPL Life. Twitter DM'd you Doc Spiegel, a.k.a. Mr. Burns article. I'll check that out. I really do like the Doofenshmirtz video of him. Uh, Vika Sridhar, can Alita sue the Washington Post for defamation? Alita, what are your thoughts on your pending lawsuit against the Washington Post? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> it's funny. Let's say that it stayed up there and they said they basically lied. They said, uh, we contacted you and you uh, declined to comment or, or we didn't reach you. It's something along those lines, mm -hmm. um, which is a falsehood. I don't know. I think I'd feel, I think I feel more positively towards you declining a Washington Post comment request. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if it's defamatory or not. Right, right. That boy, horror. also, arguably, yeah. there would be an actual malice standard because of the size of my, my YouTube channel at this point. Oh, you think, you, you think you're a public figure now? I, I'm not saying that I think that. <laughs> Is Alita a public figure? Now, that's a video I should do. We'll do oh, some no. public figure analysis. We'll and say, then, and all then right. You get, and then you get the comments from people saying, oh, her head's too big. <laughs> She's grown too, too egotistical. It's all her do, ego. I should do it entirely that way. I should be like, sh I should present it as a, as a full on like biographical <laughs> documentary. Um, the, the public feeder figure that is legal bites media. Uh, yeah. Fat boy horror, Washington post telling lies. You surprise me. I don't think you're serious. Greg Myers. Wait, someone's picking on Alita. Get in the car. <laughs> You got fans here. Clingy Kiwi uh, eyes up and to the side emoji. Part of my tweet last night after reading the article in its entirety, it comes across as disingenuous. It shows a real lack of understanding for the goals of views and those commenting on the trial and those who are the actual viewers. Yep. I couldn't say it better, Clingy Kiwi. And you said it quicker than I did. Lawrence <laughs> Kirk became a member. Hello, Lawrence. Welcome to membership. Roxanne wins. Taylor has doxxed and harassed people and their families. Yes, I got, as soon as I said I was doing this video, I got a lot of commentary on Taylor Lorenz. I don't think it's necessary to go into any of the past history with her or her or, or her public figure nature uh, to talk about this article and the mistakes that it makes. 
if I ever have her on the show, you know, we can talk about her history and how she came to be the Washington Post reporter on these things. I'd be happy to do it. Dr. Kartoffelsalat, I mean, I agree that pulling Social Blade numbers is BS. It really is. We can see how wrong they are. Uh, but let's be honest, uh, Legal Bites made way more than 5,000 with Super Chats per week. Nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. In fact, I think it points to how badly sourced that paragraph is. Because that Business Insider interview is like week one, Alita, something like that. It, it was like it was it was done at like the beginning of week two. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they, they definitely wanted to know like all of my all of my background, like financial information. And I was like, <laughs> I am so uncomfortable with this. So I was like, OK, but you know what? Super chats, they could they could find that on like publicly sourced information. So I was like, so I'll tell them I'll basically tell them like that figure. <laughs> it is funny, right? I mean, uh, it's uh, reporters. You never know what's going to come out. Uh, if you had said I didn't give comment to the Washington Post, like I said, I wouldn't have blamed you one bit because uh, you can certainly see even from the questions that are asked sometimes when journalists call you or contact you by email, what direction they want to go. Yeah. Um, and uh, this one was definitely going in a direction that was not too terribly positive about your endeavors. Cosmina uh, Reishu, uh, the media has been weird for a while, so I had pretty low expectations already, but this time there's no expectations they could have met. I honestly don't get it. Are Amber's dramatics contagious? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Letty SG, uh, good morning from South Florida. Palm trees and hurricanes emojis. Uh, MSM appears concerned that YouTube content creators are revealing just how much is left out from the news the MSM delivers to audiences and readers. Perhaps. Mm -hmm. Roxanne wins. Taylor has doxxed and harassed people in their families. I, I, I talked about Taylor's history. Uh, 2012, Jameson, I was more than mad. Oh, Oima, don't worry, Alita. All this means is that they feel threatened. They got to sling passive aggressive mud to invalidate you. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I am Veggie Hogue, Alita. MSM will go after you, Nick, Emily, LawTube, all independent creators hard. We got your back, but I hope you got each other's too. Uh, thank you so we much. We definitely do. We're good. We, We're good. We definitely do. Coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can hear me saying when I start getting interview requests early on in the trials that, uh, <laughs> this is going a certain direction, folks. <laughs> Bat Boy Horror. Uh, Super Chats are entirely optional anyway. Please put the gun down. Rolling, laughing, uh, crying emoji times three. I, that, that's the thing, right? I, I don't know what to say. I mean, none of us have ever asked for Super Chats. Like, you know, you can you can turn them on, you can turn them off, but none of us have ever actually asked for them. We, we, we asked for likes and, and subscribes, but usually it's likes and subscribes for one another, not even necessarily for ourselves. Well, I'm, I'm feeling I'm fully willing to say here I value my time and that makes the time uh, make more sense for me to spend yeah. with you all. I mean, I think it's very generous of you and I say that a lot. But I mean, yeah, it's it's part of the equation. I'm, I'm not going to say it's not. Definitely. Yeah, of course. I mean, because because also, like, if, if you think about it, I mean, if anybody has some sort of strange expectation that people should spend weeks, months of their life um, really foregoing all other things you know, it going on in their lives just for the purpose of, of, of covering something for free. That's a really huge ask for anyone. Right. And, and, and who, who is privileged enough to be able to actually do that? Um, you know, and, and not, and not worry about, about money, not worrying about their, their bills, their expenses, their debt, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. Well, it's so, kind of wild. It's kind of wild anyway, which is to say, you know, we're, we're providing some kind of service, um, and you know, if this were a drive time radio show, I would, I would have a salary to do this kind of thing. 
And I'm so, so appreciative of the people that, you know, do, do this and send super chats and chat with me. First of all, I love the hangouts. I love talking with the community yeah. uh, and then to help support it, to make sure that it can happen when, yeah, it, you know, it eats into what I, what I described when I was on your channel, I business development, I haven't done, you know, in a month, which is how you keep the lights on. If you're yeah. a lawyer, if you're a practitioner. Um, and so, yeah, I, so but I'm not I, I would, I would challenge Miss Lorenz to forego her salary for every time that she decides to talk about the Johnny Depp trial. Yeah. If that's well, how she feels about it. Yeah. And, and that's, that's kind of the ludicrousness of it. Right. So I am so, so thrilled about this, but I fully admit that, um, yeah, I, everything that I do is in an equation to make sure that I, my family gets fed and my kids can go to college and my lights stay on. Uh, and, and you all help make that equation make sense. Um, for not going and, and practicing law for these two hours or business development or whatever. Um, and I am so, so appreciative of that. And I don't think there's absolutely anything wrong with, with that. Um, so I'm, I feel no guilt at all. Uh, Starbright in Russia, many internet journalists said some get news only from TV and paper, and that is why they believe in alternate reality. Others get news from the internet and no more. Maybe that's where the Washington Post wants us to head. I, I don't want to accuse them of wanting any specific other cultural milieu but they certainly would like to have more people subscribing or otherwise paying the Washington Post, which, you know, is fine, as I just said. Uh, but if we're an alternative source, then we can fight about it, can't we? Yeah. I'm going to step away for just a second. I'll be of right course. back. Britt Cormier, is this the same Taylor Lorenz that was accused of doxing libs from TikTok, then broke down and claimed she was being harassed online? I'm not sure she is a fair player when it comes to journalism. Uh, she has certain history there. I didn't I can't pretend to have done the research. I got a lot of messages about her when I said that I was going to do this video, uh, but um, I don't think it's necessary to bring in that history to analyze the, the article. So I always try to present my analysis as neutrally as possible from the top. Obviously, we come to certain conclusions as we read through these pieces, uh, but I don't think any history that she has there is necessary to understanding this, other than to say, as we pointed out with the tweets and everything else, I, I don't have a high level of trust for doing behind closed door conversations um, with her. Um, and so you know, it, she's welcome onto the channel. We can have those conversations here. Otherwise, um, that's really the only kind of component of her history that I that I brought in. Colin crafts it. Was that the same editor that changed the title of Amber Heard's op-ed without her knowledge? Sounds like they need better editors that avoid lies. Well, you can have different headlines in the online and the print. I don't know that Amber Heard actually said she knew either headline. Um, so I don't think there was anything technically wrong with what they did there. Um, but... Uh, yes, this, this particular change of a material fact called out online is not a great look for the mainstream media, especially in an article where they're calling out the lack of standards for what is not them. There, there's no question there. Detective Seeds, you guys did a wonderful job covering this trial, and I support you all 100%. Glad to have been a part of it and develop friendships. Can't wait for the next round. Thank you so much, Detective Seeds, for the generous super chat. Yeah, it was fun talking with you and talking a little Destiny uh, on Legal Bites. Uh, we'll talk more gaming uh, soon. Immersive IRL, so the Washington Post is waiting for a court order before recanting their debt position. Such credibility, very wow. I was actually surprised that it didn't come down in the face of a defamation lawsuit win. Uh, they went with an editor's note. I don't think that solves the legal problem for them. I don't know what the precedent in Virginia is, uh, but at some point it very well could be a republication because it's out there online. Uh, and it's one that they self-acknowledge in their own editor's note that they know has been found to be false by a jury in that jurisdiction. So... I don't know what'll happen from here. Crystal Lukinski, I've learned a lot about the MSM these last seven weeks. I call it out and I'm called right wing. I'm like, um, no, I'm actually very literal. I assume liberal, uh, but I have seen the trial. Yeah, that is happening. There's a lot of brushes being used to tar people with a lot of different labels. 
Clingy Kiwi, it is disturbing that they don't recognize that it makes perfect sense for lawyers and legal commenters to comment on a legal case. Would it be weird to claim the same expertise over Ukraine? Laughing on the floor, crying emoji, upside down, happy face emoji. Yeah, right? Like, I'm definitely not going to cover uh, the health situation. I'm definitely not going to cover international conflicts. Um, so, yes, we're talking about what uh, we have a little bit more knowledge on. Definitely. 2012 Jameson, Kattenbar name was changed. Okay. All right. Scott R. Hefner, for an organization who continues to publish defamatory materials to criticize other standards is the height of hypocrisy. Don't necessarily disagree. Oima, the one point I agree with Kat on is the ignorance of trauma. Both Johnny and Amber are broken people. However, trauma shouldn't excuse actions. I think there are fair points in that thread on how platforms move people around and how it's difficult to maybe read Amber and Johnny's situation. Um, so I, I will grant you that, Oima. I think you make a good point. Justin Brown, headline should read, people who work harder than me are making higher quality content and getting paid more than I am. It's accurate. All right. Greg Myers, it really sounds to me like these legacy types are threatened by you guys. Be proud of that. It just means you guys have more integrity than they do. We're ready to go. We enjoy this job. So I love it. I we'll love be here it. for a while. <laughs> Fun times. Thank you so much for the generous super chat. Just wanted to thank for H and H. It's been a great start to my morning. I like doing them. So you're stuck with me. Uh, I think, because these are a lot of fun. Ruben Martin's Morning Hogan, Alita, Mega Pints all around. Touch early for a Mega Pint for me. But I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate the intent. Fridays, maybe earlier today. Who knows? Do have to see Maverick sometime soon. Uh, smell then saying, aging institutions with intractable cultures watching their new competition sail on by, and they mad. I think there's an aspect of that throughout all these articles. I think so. No tax, good tax. TL is the most unethical journalist in the MSM. Taylor Lorenz, like I said, I know enough about her history from what you sent, uh, from what you all sent collectively, uh, but I don't necessarily need, think we need to drag in the individuals just to analyze what they actually put out in the output. 2012 Jameson, Lorenz is a grifter. Same comment, I think. <laughs> Clingy Kiwi, to access this article about how influencers share their opinions only for money, please remove your ad block or you will not be able to read this. You will note I had to get the Washington Post story uh, without the, my my Chrome getting mad at me. Um, but yes, it's, um, yeah, I, the, the irony is self-evident. Uh, Zushi, I am very stingy when it comes to my sub. I didn't sub to all of YouTube, uh, all of LawTube. You, Legal Bites, uh, Uncivil Law, and Law and & Lumber, and Runkle all go to my sub because of the fact that you were unbiased. If tweets were true, I wouldn't be here. Well, thank you, Zushi. That means a lot to I me. I appreciate that. that yeah, that really does mean a lot. Roger Agnew, she obviously doesn't understand. You tear apart poor article. I don't want to get a reputation for tearing apart articles, but I the, the argument wasn't strong. Uh, Dr. Anya Renarzuska, I am trying to do legitimate research on this, not media, but scientific research, but hard to get LawTubers to reply. I replied to you. I said I don't like sharing my data. We could keep talking. <laughs> Apple pie. I feel like every time Alita is here, we get to see dark Alita. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe Dark Alita shows up on other on other people's channels. Yeah, no, she came in roaring with your sarcasm. It was great. I, I did. I mean, it, it was it was one of those that I, I was, I, I was, I was looking at at the whole conversation with fresh eyes again, and I was like, yeah, this makes me a little bit mad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it should. Um, they said that you didn't that you didn't even want to talk about it. It's yeah. funny. It's like I know Alita. Alita probably would have given a comment. Yeah. <laughs> Um, 
Luigi503, in my opinion, I think you helped Johnny Depp a lot. Thanks for how you gave the news. Well, I think we reported on what was happening in the trial, and that just so happened to have a stronger Johnny Depp case than an Amber Heard case. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if that helped in terms of people <clears throat> understanding, I think that's useful. And my wife told me a story the other day about how effectively, um, because I was chatting with her, obviously, offline and doing all this so so often, uh, she was at, uh, again, the Hogue family hair salon, uh, talking with people about various things about Elaine and how she was handling cross and things like that. And it's just really amusing to see it out there in the real world. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I do think that, um, you know, looking back on the whole story, I, I do think that Johnny was unfairly treated by the media. So, you know, by us being so open and, and just very clear with where we're coming from and being very, <clears throat> uh, open and talking about all of the facts that ended up helping Johnny because, the, the 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 default was that he was being unfairly treated, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. And that's deserving of help, honestly. Gina's Court of Opinions, thank you for the super chat so much. Gecko Gamer, will you do a vid on the third incident on the War Thunder forums where classified info on tanks was linked in, leaked in an argument? I didn't know it existed until now, Gecko Gamer, but I will look into it. Every time the, the War Thunder gets mentioned, it's always about weird military secrets. Um, so I will, I will definitely look into it. Raphael C, the feeling that I get from the Washington Post article is that they feel threatened by experts of a particular field branching into their space. I think that that is a good, just feeling to have. Oh, wait, hold on. Let's do this one first. Uh, and they feel that only them are entitled to talk to experts, break it down with their biases and then spell the beans to readers. Yep. We're pretty unfiltered. You get what you get, uh, uh from us. We're talking live for the most part as we are this morning. Uh, but uh, definitely there seems to be a protectionist quality to some of the articles we've got. We've got the guild of masthead journalism saying, this isn't great if people flee from us. Genius Court of Opinions, I just wrote a tweet that was quite long in reply to the Washington Post. We as viewers also are portrayed as sheep just tuning in to have you give us our opinion instead of intelligent people who want to discuss. They want yep. to tell you what it is. That's what they, it's, they want to tell you what it is. Um, and we explore with you, hopefully, when we're doing our jobs right. Max the Bag, Hogue, email sent to you about defamation suit involving more Redi, the author of the Guardian op-ed from yesterday. I did get that. Uh, and yes, that was interesting to see in context that uh, she herself is facing legal action. Sky, your time is worth money and your expertise is worth money. You and Alita covered this trial sun up to sundown. Of course, we want to support. Thank you so much, Sky. Yeah, I like to think it. that. Excuse me. Uh, you know, in my day job, I, I charge for time. I mean, that's 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 what lawyering is for the most part. Dancing Beagle, if the MSM is willing to lie about something as trivial as JD versus Amber Heard, why should we trust believe them with something important? Which is a great question. Keep up the critical thinking challenges. And I forget the name of it, but there is the there is that um, I, don't, I don't know whether it's psychology or sociology or even just journalism uh, concept that when you know a field and you go and you read the article about it all of the mistakes become apparent to you and that you forget that when you go and read the article about something that you don't know. Um, and I'm sure chat will remind me of what that effect is called. Uh, but it's, um, it's so kind of painful to think about when you see how they report on something that you have however many hundreds of hours, like looking at the primary source uh, material. Yeah. Gelman amnesia effect. Thank you, chat. I, I knew you would do that. Uh, so I appreciate that. Um, and then, yeah, you, you can you can see it, right? If it's something you're covering or something you're familiar with, whether it's the gaming industry or international affairs or the stock market, you can go in and you can see the article and say, oh, I, I okay, so this is superficially what's wrong here and, and here and here and here. 
And then you go and you read the next page and you're like, ah, oh, this must be right. This must be sacrosanct. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to keep doing critical thinking. I can't promise you I could talk about, you know, pandemics and international conflicts or things like that. But hopefully we continue to grow just as a group uh, of folks that have experienced these things and that you can learn to trust some of us uh, and start to have that critical thinking across many, many, many fields. Um, that's the dream. Jason Worf, she said her DMs are open. Invite her to the show. I did invite her to the show publicly. I'm not DMing with someone I don't trust. Blurry Lights, Capitalism Rocks. I think getting money for what your services are is certainly a rocking type thing. <laughs> Raber Umfenor, I really think you guys are actually sort of saving journalism itself one small piece at a time, truly building a model of what fact-based analysis looks like. Thank you and more. Heart emoji, thumbs up emoji, okay emoji, mind blown emoji, coffee emoji, checkbox emoji. Great work. Thank you. I appreciate it. Cosman Yu, about the UK trial, the verdict means that JD is more likely an abuser, or it means that the son had the right to call him a wife beater based on whether, whatever evidence the son had at that time. So the UK trial just had completely different standards of things. Amber Heard isn't a party to that trial, so a bunch of her stuff couldn't get admitted at all. Um, it's just very hard to equate those things the way that many of these folks in the mainstream media want to do. Um, and there is a reason why the result of that case was held out of conversations in this one because of that prejudicial effect on things that don't actually relate to what's happening in front of us in the case at hand. You waiting for the squeaky door there? Oh, I got a co-counsel note. <clears throat> oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm wrong, I don't bill for my time. I bill for my expertise and skill and time is a unit of measurement of that. <laughs> Thank you, co-counsel. This is my- Very good point. Chat. This is my super chat. I don't want to pay Google, it's 30%. Thank you. For <laughs> All right. Um, so I yeah. love it. I love it. I love uh, hearing the squeaky door and then just knowing that there's going to be some kind of a note that follows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think what, what, one thing that Mrs. Hoglaw said is, uh, okay, we're going to have to WD-40 that door. People can tell whenever I come in. It's like, well, what are you, you going to say? Uh, McKinney Lopez, a lot of us wanted neutrality about the trial, so we did not look to traditional news media outlets with Rittenhouse. I got a lot of misinformation. Hoglaw, is this why you do headlines and hangouts? Uh, yes. So if you go back into my virtual legality videos and, I, and look at what I do, I'm analyzing a lot of articles. I'm talking about a lot of journalism and having those conversations. Um, and I'm always interested in analyzing how they get messages out and how, in particular, from my line of work, how you try to control crises and you make sure that your message gets out and talk to who you want to talk to, which very often isn't filtered anymore, right? If there's a crisis at Activision or at BioWare or somewhere else that I've covered in virtual legality, you can put up a blog post and talk directly to your people. Um, so I've done a lot of analysis on messaging and what it does and what it doesn't do and failures that are all too often happening with respect to these kind of direct producers of content, especially in the video game sphere. Um, and so that kind of dovetailed into analyzing how reporters report on those things uh, and journalists. And then I started giving quotes. And so I just had a lot more insight into how what I say becomes uh, part of an article or what happens when you put a press release out and how that gets kind of metastasized across the Internet. Uh, and so um, I love talking about this stuff because I've always been very interested in how people understand the world around them. Like at its baseline level, virtual legality is like, so this weird news item that doesn't make any sense exists. Let me tell you why it does if we know how contract law works or if we know what the transactional leverage points are. Uh, and so all of that kind of dovetails into just kind of better understanding of what you're otherwise seeing in the news. 
Um, so I hope I hope it's helpful. I hope it's fun. Spend the morning with me talking about these things. Um, and thank you so much for the support. I am Veggie. Nick, last night, the drama only mostly exists in the chat. Nobody amongst the law creators wants to see anybody burn. Glad you are all united in that way. I don't think any one of us likes drama, but uh, YouTube loves that as a search term. So that's why you see so much of it, I think. Uh, Marie Holman, new Amber Heard support movement, cutting themselves and posting pictures online to show Amber Heard support. Sickening. I think that's awful. I heard about it yesterday. Uh, I haven't done more research on it, honestly. Uh, but obviously, that is the worst possible thing that you could do in respect to any of this. So so anybody that's thinking about it, please don't do it. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd have to look into it more, certainly. And Peggy Volchenik. Hogue, what are the chances of the MSM being dismantled and rebuilt with true journalistic integrity? That would be zero. There's no outside force to dismantle anything uh, here in the United States. What would have to happen to see this happen? I think you'd have to have an entirely different kind of government, honestly. We have a very strong freedom of press. Um, and so if you want to talk about dismantling, it's much more likely to happen from loss of currency, from uh, yeah. intellectual and actual uh, currency. I think it would likely come as like a very slow, gradual shift when they realize that they are bleeding money and what they need to do in order to, um, should I say, pivot? Yes, you can say pivot. They have to pivot. <laughs> we, we know pivoting is bad because of the context and they, they, they might have to pivot. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think you see them trying a little bit. Washington Post has its own um, like YouTube channel with like live shows and things. Um, as they try to kind of engage in that space, they have an authenticity problem, uh, as you might expect. Um, and so they're trying, uh, but as somebody said a little bit more negatively than I would put it, institutions have momentum. They have inertia. They have ways that have, they've been doing things that have made them a lot of money in the past and they are loath to kind of reconsider them. Uh, you see this not just with journalism, you see this with any large institution and the ones that can react can become agile. Netflix used to send you DVDs, right? They said, whoa, that business model isn't what we want. That doesn't work. We're going to get out in front of this and we're going to kill everybody. Now they also <laughs> currently have a cash problem and a subscriber problem and a profitability problem, but that's after years of not having those things. Uh, so <clears throat> those kinds of companies that say, oh, no, 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 the model's going this way and we go all in, they can succeed. The risk is, of course, they can burn if they're wrong on the market. And so conservative institutions, institutions that have been uh, had a lot of success in the past and are big, they are a little bit slower to react to these kinds of things. But they do lash out, as we can see. Oh, didn't double click. Phoenix Flames, one takeaway I have from this whole thing is that reading comprehension is really lacking in a lot of folks and being honest with myself about my own bias. That's key. We all have biases. We all have perspectives. We all have filters, lenses, human experiences. Trying to understand those about yourself is going to make you a better critical reader. It is. Um, and so definitely getting in front of that and, and then looking at these things, uh, from a, from a separate perspective. I, like I said, you can definitely judge the fact that in the middle of that article, I have feelings about what they're saying, uh, about legal bites. So, you know, discount that as you like Gemma 95 morning. Hello from Mexico guys. Hello, Mexico. I watched the Buenos entire show on legal bites and mm -hmm. I would like to thank all the knowledge shared. I've learned a lot. Thank you so much. Thank you. I learned a lot too, by the way. Same. Uh, Carrie Harvey, the glaring difference between MSM and LawTubers is that MSM wants to tell us what we should be thinking, whereas LawTubers challenge us to think critically for ourselves and <gasps> gasp, maybe change our minds. <laughs> That's all I want is for people to be able to do that critically and then, you know, come back at me and tell me why I'm an idiot in the next video. Yeah. Get yeah. that skill. I love that. 
I actually yeah. love that engagement with the community, period. Believe me, there's plenty of you that do. Take me up on that <laughs> offer. Uh, and I, I still like that. Maxine, not all traditional medias are bad. Not all influencers, YouTubers are good. Very true, very true. Black and white thinking, blind following, and competency are the issues. Critical thinking is the key. There's going to be good media out there. There's going to be good reporters in that media out there. There's going to be good influencers. There's going to be sucky ones. And you have to analyze for yourself. I can't be there analyzing everything on the planet Earth. Not that you would want to rely on me in any event. But that's the key. And I wish schools did it a little bit more. I wish there was just like media literacy for like years uh, because that's what you're going to actually experience in the outside world in terms of informing yourself about how to interact with that outside world. There isn't. And so we'll continue to have this spot and hopefully have fun talking about these kinds of things with y'all. Man, I got two y'alls in here. I'm not, I'm really not that y'all-y. Uh, Elwolf Tax Lady, I just want to give you and Alita some love. Three blue heart emojis. Aww, thank you. You are informative and unbiased, so thank you for being here. <clears throat> yeah, and thank you for staying way longer than I thought you would, Alita. We're almost going to, we're going to end this episode pretty soon. Amy yeah. Dillon, Alita, thank you for inviting Video Game Controller Cowboy Hat emo uh, uh, emoji, and I believe that's lumber since I don't have it. And yeah. to my daily life. It's actually, yeah, hammer and hammer and and wrench. Okay. But yeah. Oh, well, it, but basically, I, same, same. I thought that was actually telling me that I didn't have the emoji. Ah. Okay, a hammer and wrench. All right. Hi. Especially Rick, as he is the only one I can trust to have on while my four and six year old are present. <laughs> the latter wants to be a gaming Thanks. solicitor now. Awesome. You could be a gaming lawyer. Fantastic. That's so cool. Fantastic. Yeah, that's you know. The family friendly nature of the channel. I love it. <laughs> Sherry Frost, morning from Southeast Michigan. High five emoji. There's something to lawyers discussing legal things and doctors discussing medical things, etc. Uh, MSM likely aren't well educated in most of the fields they're covering and feel inferior. Yeah, I mean, I think they have to be a little bit foreign generalist. Appreciate the unbiased facts. And I think that scales a justice emoji. Thank you so much. Kobe Lewis, I saw a tweet that said if an appeal is filed, the court has three different options on what to do with that appeal, and there would be a three judge panel. Can you give insight on that? Purple heart emoji, H and H, Iowa, go Hawks, winky face emoji. I like Iowa. I've <laughs> said in this space and others that when I go to games and it's against Iowa, like the Iowa fans are always super chill. Um, and that's always an enjoyable sporting event. Not everybody is super chill in the Big Ten. So I, I've enjoyed hanging out with Iowa fans. Um, <clears throat> no, I can't give greater insight into this. It would be a Virginia process. It's a Virginia court decision. Um, and their uh, appellate uh, review it, certainly a three three person panel wouldn't be a surprise uh, to appellate review on a court, but I just don't know how their jurisdiction works. So in general, you go to appeal, you're going to go up to a higher court and one or portion or hell on, on bonk. I, I don't, I don't know. I, a lot of people will look at that appeal and decide on, um, uh, on what they want to do with it, but different jurisdictions vary pretty significantly on this. Influences by Adriana Jacob. Cheers to the topic of this video. Champagne emoji, wink emoji. If you know, you know. <laughs> Thank you. RNGD Gaming, Washington Post complaining about people making money, but posted the article behind a paywall. Hypocrisy much? Don Hinton, when the door squeaks, I always think deus ex machina. Uh, yes, I think co-counsel does as well. Michael Mitchell, her thread reads like a bad syllogism, reasonable premises, and a baffling conclusion. As a result, Amber's evidence has been largely ignored. What? <laughs> yeah, indeed. We've seen that a lot. Uh, we've seen kernels of truth. We've seen things that don't actually result in what we would otherwise describe in logic as an argument. Um, and then a premise pops out. 
Uh, and honestly, I think there are stronger cases to be made in some of these articles. I'm not going to rewrite them, uh, but I think there are better ways to make some of the points that they are in fact making. Influences by Adriana Jacob. I just woke up on the West Coast, but thanks for calling out Taylor Lorenz's article. This isn't her first issue with lack of accuracy and ethics. Congratu congratulations on success and keep going. Thank you so much. Gio Rio, hi, Hogue. I loved your neutral stance during the trial, and I learned so much about the law system in the U.S. by all of you. In the big media, they almost never explain things. By the way, seeing my Patreon DM, I saw I got one. I basically wake up and make sure I'm presentable and come on this show first thing in the day uh, at this point in time. So I have not yet looked at it, Gio. I will. Uh, by the way, since he references it, you can support this channel on Patreon or Utreon or any other way you'd like. Sorry, Washington Post, if that offends. Yo, Jay, I was very disappointed in New Zealand newspaper reporting, just mimicking what Elaine has been saying in her interviews, infuriating shame on them. Yeah, I think as a rule of life, don't just follow what Elaine tells you. Britt Cormier, I do love two things about the cat article. Hope that is the one. Cat did the thread. This is Taylor's article. Cat is worried about followers because without followers clicking on her article, she makes less money because she is less influential. Click versus sub model of legacy media. Okay, so that is the cat thread. And she also does not realize that she is doing exactly what she claims you are doing, making money off of other people's drama. But for her, it is the metadrama of the case and not the case itself. Just to be clear, I would not frame a legal action on a defamation basis that had a lot of very interesting legal questions to be asked and had a lot of attention on it to talk about the legal process as drama. Yep. With that caveat out of the way, yeah, it was pretty dramatic, wasn't it? There was a lot of stuff <laughs> there. It was pretty, pretty wacky stuff. Uh, it in was, that it was pretty... Pretty but dramatic, it was. Drama. It's not hollow in the middle. It's got substance in the middle. Uh, <laughs> a lot of substance. Brett, thank you so much for the very generous super chats right there. Um, and then we do have a few more as we, we go out. Um, and then that other Washington Post article that I mentioned, we might do in another article. You don't really need to know a, a lot about it, except the Washington Post put up essentially their own version of the orgy of misogyny <laughs> article from The Guardian yesterday, talking about how this is a loss for women everywhere. Uh, might cover it again. It was just worthwhile to note that the Washington Post put that article up uh, essentially the same night as the Taylor Lorenz article. Um, but we don't we don't necessarily need to go through it. And I want to make these shows seven to nine, give or take. Gio Rio, hi, Hogue. Did that one? Did that one? Um, did that one? I think I think Taryn 858 is the next one. Yeah. Can you tell who's better at this? Uh, Taryn 858, hi, Hogue. Sick of companies, news, trying to dictate what our thoughts or values should be. Just sell us our products, present the facts. I couldn't agree more. I'm just gonna highlight this one because I love to say, go blue. <laughs> Joan Chevalier became a YouTube member. Welcome, Joan. Scott Hefner, here's part of my now canceled Snopes subscription. So much for fact checkers, just more guilty even after proven innocent opinion without merit to think I bought a t-shirt from them. Shaking my head. Thanks for your service. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what happened to Snopes. Snopes is good on Urban Legends. Don't do anything with anything related to like current events. Um, yeah, I haven't. Just, I can't remember the last time I looked at Snopes. <clears throat> Snopes, for, Snopes was pretty good on like Urban Legends, and Snopes was pretty good for a while in the past, and then it just became like weirdly political. Anyway, uh, Vikas Sridhar, I was going to say you'd want to be careful before DMing journalists. I'm all over it, Vikas. Thank you so much for the super chat. Shouldn't be surprised that you already considered it, LOL. Uh, yeah, no, we'll do that in public uh, if, if, if we want to do it at all. Um, but she's invited on the show. And I promise all guests that uh, what you would be getting here is the ability to present your perspective. It's not a debate show. It's not a fight. 
nothing that would be clipped out of the show would ever be labeled as destroyed one way or the other. Um, that is not what I'm about. Uh, and that is not what reasonable minds can differ is about. Jen K. Thanks for the Vader recommendation. Yes, that is cool. Isn't it? I hope you're enjoying it. Love to all of LawTube. And that's it for a very fine show. 8.55 a.m. We're getting good at landing these things on time. Alita, thank you so much for spending so much time. Yeah, uh, with of course. Me. Where can folks find you? I, I, if they don't know, it's, you know, they may be more paying much attention. But Well, I'm, I'm on all the social media platforms. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Locals, and Patreon. But my biggest place where I am located is on YouTube. You can find me uh, at Legal Bites, all one word. And uh, yeah, come come and join us as we Spelled as we as talk about. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, and uh, uh, you know, talking about the law, explaining the law one bite at a time. So we'll be moving on to some some more subjects and maybe a little bit more Johnny Depp trial stuff. You know, as we sort I was of ask filter you, out. Given your voracious appetite for clicks and clout, are you <laughs> pivoting to anything in the near future that folks should know about? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely interested in, in digging into the Marilyn Manson case because right. it's been one of those that I've, I started to dig into it when the defamation complaint was filed. And um, and so I, I went through that complaint before and I really, really am interested in digging into it because it's like it's like the Johnny Depp case, but like it feels like maybe not times 10, but like times five, oh because there's a lot of, there's a lot of like, like social stuff involved in it too, right? Like perceptions of, of different types of artists, perceptions of, of different types of aesthetics, you know, it's, it's not necessarily the, the world's, you know, most favorite pirate, but it's somebody who has in the past been a controversial figure sure. um, because of his art and because of his work. So it's it, it's going to be very interesting to see how this case gets talked about, how this case gets picked up, and then ultimately how this case gets resolved. So I'm very, very, very interested in in digging into this one as well, um, along with with other other cases that are kind of in like in like similar similar veins. You know, yeah. I'm I'm very interested in in the ways in which the media is picking up and not picking up different different kinds of cases. You just be sure to send me any headlines you think are completely uh, off the wall for uh, for headlines, Alita. And we'll, we'll there will be many boogeyman headlines. We'll, we'll, work this, uh, <clears throat> we'll work this symbiotically. Sounds great. <laughs> All right. Well, go check her out. Go check legal media out. Legal media. Legal bites media out. Uh, like and subscribe. Thank you so much for hanging out with us this morning. And I'll see you on the next episode of Virtual Legality. See you.